day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Blessed and highly favored people, let's say amen today, right? Say hallelujah. Clap your hands. No, I'm only kidding. You don't have to clap your hands. But I just thought about it when, when you know how sometimes you're in a service or most likely, mostly it happens when you're in a concert. They start giving you directions of what to do, you know, clap your hands, stand up, hop on one leg, whatever. But it just seemed to flow that way when I was saying, say amen and say hallelujah. But you don't have to clap your hands. But if you want to, you can clap your hands for the Lord. But we can always say amen and hallelujah without being directly to do so. Or at least we should. You should always be able 
to give God praise at any given time of the day and through any circumstance or situation. And I thank God for bringing us together again today for another Sunday morning. And we will rejoice and be glad in it because this is the day that he's made. And I need to tell you guys, let me do my housekeeping. This is what I need to tell you guys. Housekeeping. I haven't done housekeeping in a while. They have a concert coming up. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to present four amazing bands on an outstanding local venue for an evening of rocking music. Join us on Friday, May 20th at 7.30. Okay, garbage truck. Thank you. May 20th at 7.30 for a night with 7th grade girl fight, dirt bikes, barrette, and castle black at none other than Ridgewood's own Bar Frida, 801 Seneca Avenue. Tickets are $10 and can be purchased at the venue. So all of those, all of you who are interested in live band music, you can go out there on Friday, May 20th at 7.30 to Bar Frida and have a blast. Can I say to you guys that, and I want to get back to the whole rejoicing thing that I was talking about. Even in no matter how you're feeling, you have to give praise to God because you have to remember that he is in control of everything. And sometimes we have to really press through regardless of what is going on in our lives at the moment to just continue to persevere and do what it is that he has purposed for you to do in your life. And sometimes that's not an easy task because sometimes when we go through certain situations, we just don't want to be bothered, right? It's, it's the truth. Sometimes we just don't want to be bothered. But do you know that when you can press through and continue to do everything that God has for you, even in you feeling like you don't want to be bothered, that's where the blessings are. The blessings are at the end of your pressing through. So I just wanted to give somebody that that might have been feeling a certain way today, that regardless of what you're feeling, press through and just hold on because it does get better. It does get better. Nothing ever stays the same. Nothing. Now, last week, I was watching CBS News in the morning with uh, Gail King and the other two guys that she's with. And I can't pronounce their names. That's why I didn't say them. I could see their face, but with Gail King. And But the thing about it is I, I wanted to talk about an interview that Gail King had, and it was with Megan the Stallion. I guess that's why you're not the stallion, it's the stallion, Megan the stallion. And what I found so interesting about the interview that she was having with Megan is Megan made a comment stating that when she lost her mother, she was in such a devastated state of mind because she had already lost her father when she was a little girl. And then to turn around and then as a teen lose her mom, you know, and she's an older child. So that really left her 
feeling lost and all alone, having lost both her parents. So she was looking for people to fill the void of family. She said she was just reaching out, just wanted everybody to be close, you know, just wanted to have good friends and things like that. So she was accepting anyone into her life. I mean, like, you know, she wasn't vetting them. You know, when, when you're in a good place and everything is going right with you and you feel that you've gotten everything together with yourself, with your world around you, you're very cautious who you let in. You, you, you are very guarded of who you let spend time in your circle. But when you're vulnerable and when you feel like there's no hope, or there's got to be something better. I can't do this by myself. Do you know that's when you will allow anyone to come into your life and be an influence? And it doesn't mean that it could be a bad influence. Sometimes it's a good influence. But nine times out of ten, when you just allow anyone into your life, it doesn't usually turn out to be a good influence. So she was saying that she was just longing for comfort of having someone close to her in her life that she could just depend on. And it proved not to be such a good idea for her because in her wanting to have people around her to feel comfortable, she got into a situation where she ended up being shot in her foot. So now the reason why Gail was doing the interviews because the incident is up in the news again. I think this happened. This happened a couple of years ago, but it's now just coming to the courts. So and with her being the star that she is. Social media plays a part in everything. Everyone has something to say on social media about you, whether it's good, bad, whether they know you or they don't know you. And she was saying that because when the incident first happened, she told the cops when someone called the police, she told the cops she didn't, you know, she stepped on a piece of glass when her foot was bleeding. And she said she said that because with everything that had happened with George Floyd and things like that, she didn't want any one of them in that car to end up getting shot by the police because they would have known that there was a gun in the car. So with her saying that she stepped on a piece of glass, people are saying, oh, she's lying. She was never really shot. So now this whole thing is coming up and it's more of a he say, she say type of thing. But I said I use that. Because when I heard the statement and hearing her story, it brought to my spirit what the Bible teach, tells us about our children in Proverbs 22.6. The scripture tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So today, I want to wrap up what we were talking about with relationships and we're going to focus on the children. And today's topic is called, Does Your Child Know? Now, once again, I'm always reading from the New King James Version unless I tell you otherwise. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. Did you know that the fear of the Lord should begin at an early age? According to UNICEF, from the age of birth to eight are the most informative years of a child's life. Meaning that during this time, their intellectual behavior as well as their personal and social behaviors are already developed. Actually, to me, be more specific, the first two years are the most critical. 
A child's development relies on and they develop best when they're allowed to grow free of repression, malnutrition, conflicts of war, any type of anything that's going to hinder the child from being able to express themselves freely or feel safe. A safe and hostile-free environment is the best environment for a child to develop personal, intellectual, and social behavior. So, it would stand to reason why God would tell us that from an early age, a child should be taught in the ways of the Lord. And they're never too early to learn. Because if, it, if, if studies have shown that between the ages of birth and eight and the first two years from birth to the terrible twos is the time when the child is sucking up everything like a sponge, why couldn't you talk to him about the Lord? And when I say talk to him about the Lord, read just reading scriptures out loud, getting it into his spirit, singing gospel hymns, praising God, just saying hallelujah and praising God is getting the understanding of the Lord into his spirit. And now there are certain principles in the Bible that we know that should be instilled in a child so that when they're adult, they can draw on them in order to continue to live their life as God purposed for them. The first one, I'm going to go, I'm going to go through a list of them and I'm going to break down some of them to go into detail. The first one is respect. Now, I've often heard people say respect is earned and not given. Now, I don't know what you think about that, but I'm not quite sure if I can follow that line of thinking. I understand what it is that they're saying when they say that, but here's why I tend to disagree with that statement. I feel all men should be treated with a level of respect. Let's just call it basic. Everyone starts out at the same level. Regardless of who you are, what you look like, or where you come from, from that baseline, you can either move up on the scale or down on the scale. Now, here's the most important part about the respect. It's the movement. And the movement is not determined by the person that's giving the respect. The movement is determined by the person looking for the respect. Did everybody get that when I said it? The movement on the scale, if we all start out at a baseline and it comes to levels of respect, you could either go up or down, positive or negative. We're going to do with the, we're going to go with numbers here, positive or negative. The level of respect that you receive is not determined by the person that is giving the respect. It's actually determined by where you place yourself on that scale. An example being, if you're a person that's nasty, since everybody's starting out at the same baseline, if you're a person that's nasty and just, you know, you don't care about anything and you demonstrate this, then the people watching you, how much respect do you think you're going to get? 
Now, if everybody started out at the same baseline, then everybody started out at the same place. They only changed their mind about the respect that should be given to you when they saw your actions. So that's what I mean by that. And children should always be taught to respect that everyone starts at, you know, with respect at the baseline. Another thing that they should be taught is courtesy. Children should be taught to be polite to all people. You come out, you start out with politeness because if you're encountering someone and they haven't said anything to you, you don't know if they're a nasty son of a gun or not. But you are, uh, you're approaching that person from the place of, well, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be courteous to you. But then if they turn out to not be so courteous, not that you're going to turn around and be nasty back. Well, we would hope you wouldn't. But you just know, hmm, I know how to deal with that. I know how to deal with that person going forward. So children should always be taught courtesy. They should be taught honesty because you don't want to raise a child to think that lying and stealing is the way that you make it in life. Although the world would tell them, get it any way you can. By all means necessary, doesn't matter. Just get it, get it, get it. But wouldn't you want to teach them that it's best to be honest? It's best to be honest and acquire things the correct way. Another thing that a child should be taught is respons- responsibility. They should be taught how to be responsible so that they will be capable of taking care of themselves and owning their faults. Now, that's so important. Not looking to place blame on others for their shortcomings. You know how many people, adults today, that will not take ownership of their shortcomings? And when I say shortcomings, not that they were short. They were shortchanged through God because God gave all of us everything we needed. But if you didn't develop yours, if you didn't do what you needed to do to get where you needed to be, why are you blaming someone else? It's on you. And that's what we need to teach children. And a lot of adults, you can see, even though if they, because one thing I must say, if you're an adult, if you're a child, you're taught it. But sometimes you don't go back to it. As an adult, you can change and do whatever you want. But if it's ingrained in you, and this is something that has been taught to you and demonstrated, there's no way you're going to veer away from it. Because it's just going to be, it's like second nature to you. They should be taught gratitude. They should be taught empathy. They should be taught to be independent. They should be taught to have courage even in the face of fear. Now, that's just to name a few. But when you think about teaching them the ways of the Lord to be thankful and grateful, that nothing is owed to them and that we are all equal in the eyes of God. No sin is worse than the other. So, oh, well, all I did is tell a little white lie, but that one over there is doing no. Because when God looks, he sees all sin and he measures it the same. We have to take the time to teach children these important values, which will prepare them to be successful adults. And like I said from before, we're all given a measure of talent for us to develop into what God purposed for us to be, not for somebody else. Yes, somebody else will pour into you. They could help nurture it. But if you're not putting forth forth that effort to be, no one can make you be anything that you don't want to be. 
But there's always the flip side of this coin. With all teachings, discipline is also one of the factors. And it should not be spared. It should be balanced. Balanced in a form of I teach you right and I teach you wrong. And when you do wrong, there's consequences. They have to learn there are consequences for wrong actions. So discipline is also a form of teaching your child. And there are several passages in the Bible that reference this. Proverbs 29, 17. Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. He, you shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. But I like the way the Message Bible broke this down. So I'm going to give that to you from the Message Bible. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Don't be afraid to correct your young ones. A spanking won't kill them. A good spanking, in fact, might save them from something worse than death. And how many times do we see what's happening in the news with these young people and we're saying, oh, they're running to gangs. They're running into all types of lawlessness. The children are going and gravitating towards gang. Because if you remember what I said in the beginning, when you feel lost, when you feel vulnerable, like you're hopeless, there's nothing else for you to grasp onto. You're going to open up your world to anything that's giving you attention, whether it be good or bad. The same thing that Megan was saying to, to Gail. So our children, what makes you think it would be any different? So when given instructions to a child, it is important for them to know that with the discipline, you love them. And the correction is because you love them. Because if you remember, God chastens those he loves. Even as adults, God still, because we're his children, no matter how old we are, we're still his children. He still corrects us when we do something that is out of what he wanted us to do. The same way you should be doing with your own little ones. Because if you think about it, children are just miniature sized adults until they grow up. They don't stay children for the rest of their life. So it's not like, oh, I have a child and it's, it's not like an egg. Oh, I have an egg and the egg is going to always be an egg, 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 egg. No, that child is going to grow up. When you have a child, he, you're only given a certain window of time to pour into that person. And what you pour into them, you're bringing forth that adult that's going to then put forth what was what you put into them. A lot of adults that you run into now, when they're spewing whatever it is they're spewing, they're just spewing what was put into them as a child. And that's what they revert back to when they get in whatever situation they get into. But children... This is also a word for you. For the children, Colossians 3.20 says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they be discouraged. In, be discouraged. In other words, 
Don't crush their spirit. You can talk to your child, but you don't have to massacre your child. Okay? There's a way that you can talk to children. And I've heard some adults talk to children that they wouldn't even talk to adults in that manner. And why would you talk to your own child that way? Ephesians 6, 1 to 5. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Right here, God tells you as a child, if you honor your mother and father, you have long days. Guaranteed, you may live long on the earth. And fathers, once again, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. In other words, lead them in the way of God. Lead them in the way of God. Yes, you want to discipline them, but you don't want to discipline them to the point where they don't want to hear anything that you're saying. Because if you're doing it with love and you're showing them both sides and you're explaining to them, what's happening, it's a, they receive it better. Children learn by example. You teach them the way that you conduct yourself. That's how you teach them. They watch what you do and what you, stay, what you say. If you explain to them why it's important for them to understand what you're doing and saying, they'll get a better understanding and grasp it and And that's how it comes back to their remembrance, too. When they get in that situation as an adult, they'll look at the way their parent handled it. And nine times out of ten, that's the same way they will handle it. They understand better by watching what you do. And, of course, you have to do it and be age appropriate. The same way that you would talk to a two-year-old is not the same way that you would talk to an eight or nine-year-old. A nine-year-old. If you tell a two-year-old, no, the stove is hot, don't touch it. You're not going to explain to him all the mechanics of because when you turn it on, it takes a certain time for the oven to heat up. You're not going to do that to a two-year-old. You're just going to tell them right away, don't touch it, it's hot. Because you want immediate to be able to get that child to understand you. A nine and a 10-year-old, yeah, you can go more into, you know what, you really shouldn't be playing with the stove. Because in case of a fire, you're not able or you don't have the the capacity to be able to handle whatever might come about. So I would prefer that you don't play with the stove when I'm not home. You're not going to tell that to a two-year-old. Yes, but you will take the time to tell that to an eight or nine-year-old. And most importantly, by being a good role model, you also can't cause them to stumble. And that stumbling will come when you contradict yourself, meaning you can't do one set, do one thing and then say another. You have to walk the walk and talk the talk. And my final thoughts on this matter is for you to be a good role model, you yourself have to know the ways of the Lord. I mean, come on. That only makes perfect sense. Because you can't teach anybody something that you yourself don't know, right? Something to think about in raising our children.
something to think about. And when I saw that interview with Gail, when she did it with the young lady, and I was just listening to what she was listening to what she was saying, not looking at her for who she was, because all I know is that she's a rapper and she makes certain songs, but I don't follow her music. So I don't know her whole life or background or anything about her. But when I saw her there and the way she was being so open with Gail, you can see that she was genuinely hurting. She was hurting. And the first thing, like I said, that came to my spirit, train up a child. Had she been, and I don't know whether she was or not, so I can't make any type of assumptions about her because I don't know anything about her. But when you think of it, if we start training up our children from early age to know that when certain things take place in their life or situations or the fact that, you know what, mom and dad are not going to be here forever. But if they know the Lord, regardless of who's not physically in their life at the time, they know they always have God. He is always going to be there in their life. And with that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. When your weary heart is hurting Or you're feeling so alone When you think that you're a burden Or nowhere feels like home When everything feels like it's changing And you don't understand why Trying so hard to be strong and brave But so tired you wanna cry Don't forget as you fall asleep to lay it all at the Father's feet, you can
Hearts are broken. Hearts are broken. Eyes all filled with tears. Some words unspoken. Mind all full of fears. Lord, you know. Change all that's wrong to right. Change all that's wrong to right. Put it all on the table. Put it all on the table. Save our lives. Put it all in your hands. You understand. We need help and you can. Change all that's wrong to right. Change 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. Now, in today's Op-Ed, I thought I would talk about the economy because there were certain things that was going on in the news that when they were talking about it, it just made me say, okay, this is something that we need to, this is something that we need to focus on, but not focus on in a negative way. So let me just give you the two that came to my mind right away. The White House, now you know for the longest, we've always been, well not we've, but the people have said, oh, why can't the government forgive student loans? Because with everything that was going on with the pandemic, they did. Anyone that had a student loan, they have now, you know, they stopped the accruing of the int. They stopped the accruing on the of the interest on it, meaning that you didn't have to make any payments. Was it that they stopped the accruing on the interest? No. What they did was. It was still accruing interest, but you weren't going to be penalized for not making payments. That's what it was. Thank you, Lord, for the remembrance. When the pandemic took place and they were forgiving everything because people, you know, we weren't working. We weren't able to go out. Only those that were essential were able to go to work. Those who were working from home that were fortunate enough were receiving paychecks. But the majority of the people that did not have the ability to work from home because of the type of occupation that they had, they were collecting unemployment. So with the unemployment, they were giving extra money for the unemployment, but they were also forgiven certain bills that had to be paid. Like if your rent had to be paid, they were telling landlords you can't evict people during this time because they are not able to make their rent. You know, it was a more like a moratorium on it. I think that's what it's called. So they were delaying the payments for the student loans, the repayments, but you were still accruing interest. So if you paid your interest off, when they go back to collecting the actual payments again, all you're doing is putting all the money to the principal, which is excellent because it helps you pay down your debt quicker. So with that, everyone's always, you know, since that came about and it's it's been extended to, I think now to September. It was May, I believe was going to be the end, but now I think they extended it again. But with that, everyone's been saying, why don't you just cancel student loan debts? If you just if you want people to get out of debt and you really want the economy to start booming back because we're having so much double digit inflation and this, that and the other. Cancel student loan debts. So the White House has been considering they're now considering taking care of this because the cry of the people, you know, we the people here. They are saying that the. White House is considering excluding high earners from being eligible for student loan relief. I know all of you who make all them billions and billions of dollars are like, what? I still got to pay mine back? Business insiders reported that White, the White House is looking to put a limit on those making less than 125000 to 150000 in single homes. And those making 250000 to 300000 married filing jointly. So this is just one of the proposals that's floating around that at the moment would be considered if 
Biden decides to cancel student don't student loan debt. So you would have to this is but this is not etched in stone that this is just what they're thinking. Well, if we cancel the debt, anyone that makes less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a single person or anybody that makes less than three hundred thousand married filing jointly will cancel their debts. But they were also saying if you took out a loan for law school or if it was medical school or law school, they weren't going to cancel your debts because you're the ones making the billions and billions of dollars. So they forget if you're making billions and billions of dollars, you can pay that student loan off. So then also Friday, because everybody's watching inflation so closely. And on Friday, on Friday, they started putting out all these indexes. This rose to this number, that rose to this number, and they're saying that it rose 5.2% from a year ago, which is spells trouble for the economy, personal consumption, expenditures, price index. That's what they were, you know, everybody's talking about that. But the NASDAQ fell 12% this month. The S&P Standard & Poor's 500 lost more than 7%, and the Dow was off by nearly 4%. And they're saying with all three of those dropping as much as they did, it was the worst drop that they had report that had ever seen and had reported since the year 2008. But with all this talk of inflation and stock prices dropping and interest rates rising, because, you know, the Fed is looking to raise at another half a point or a quarter point. Let me remind you, people, you know, you people of the most high God. I know it could be disheartening, but he's given us another warning. He wants us to remember that he is in control to what happens and doesn't happen. And we still, as a people, have not recognized who he is and the fact that he is in control. Because every beast in the field the cattle on a thousand hills, the birds in the mountains, they belong to him. He owns everything, all the gold, all the diamonds in the mines, all the anything you can think of, nickel, deposit, platinum, plutonium, whatever it is that they're mining nowadays, it all belongs to him. So when it's said and done, we have nothing to fear. All we have to do is continue to trust in the Lord because he's the supplier of all our needs, regardless of now. Let me let me say. Yes, he's the supplier of all your needs. Yes, everything belongs to him. But that doesn't mean that you just go out and be frivolous. When he says to us that everything belongs to him and. He is the supplier of all our needs. It's because we are to look to him and not get quick, rich schemes in order to acquire money or funds or to do whatever it is we want to do. But with everything that he's given us or everything that he is going to give us, we have to be good stewards of it. Now, if he's blessed you with the million dollars, just like the story of the talents that we said, how one had one talent, the other had two, the other one had five. One of them doubled, one of them tripled, whatever. And one of them didn't do anything. He just buried it and didn't do anything with it. And that's the one that he was annoyed with because here it is, I gave you something to, to use. 
that I wanted to see what you were going to do with it. And what did you do? You buried it. No, you didn't take it to try to do better for yourself with it. And it's the same thing with our funds. If he's blessing us to be able to sustain ourselves and take care of ourselves, then that's what we should be doing. We should not be just throwing our money away, especially in a time like this right now. Be wise in how you're spending your money. Be wise at how you're looking at things. Don't just, a lot of times right now, and we talked about this from before, it's not about everything that you want. It's him about supplying your needs. If you have, like if you have a home, maybe two, you don't need 10. You don't need 10 homes. I mean, I'm just saying, can you live in all 10 of them at the same time? I'm just, I'm just asking. Maybe some of you can. I don't know. But it's things like that. He's saying, stop putting your treasures in material things. Look more towards him for everything. I just thought I would just put that out there because when they're talking about all this inflation and, um, Prices going up and gas prices. And okay, yeah, again, we're still funding a war, even though we're not fighting in it. But all these billions and billions of dollars are going overseas. And I get it. Because you're trying to keep the war off our shores. You're trying to stop whatever is whatever is in the mindset of the people that's, that started that war. We really don't know. We don't know what the ultimate is. Only God can see the future and know. And so I understand Pump money into it to help the people to not have to have them being taken over. Because if he takes over that, then he's going to just keep going and take over everything. I get it. But even with that, if he does forgive the student loan bills and he lets people all start out again at a baseline where it's like, okay, I can breathe because now I'm able to pay my bills. That's going to be hand to God. God's going to say. So if that's what we want, I guess we should be putting it up in the atmosphere, right, God? Let him get rid of these student loans. That ends up, Ed. Our word of the month. Since we have a new month, yay, happy May. Our word of the month is discord, which is a disagreement between people. Let's not sow discord Let's not let that be the word that we follow due diligence on, okay? And I gave it this month because I want everybody to be aware of any discord that you might be sowing in someone or you might be a part of. Our promise for this week comes from Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Listen carefully, people. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren. And with that I say, 
Have yourself a blessed Sunday. The weather looks like it's going to be gorgeous today. Get out there. Enjoy. Spring looks like it's finally trying to make an entrance. Winter's finally moving over. And I want to say happy Asian Heritage Month. This is the beginning of Asian Heritage Month. Happy Asian Heritage Month to all of you that celebrate. Have yourself a blessed Sunday. COVID is still out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. Until God deems it fit for us to be together again next week. Peace. your word